Reagan. Exactly. Please tell me that was the first thing on the recorded thing. I want to say it was <laughs> the first thing was bacon, but yeah. Oh. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, I don't know why we're fucking pigs. Well, bacon. Why is it bacon? Why is that your end? You don't fuck a pig to get bacon. You can. You don't. <laughs> I've detenderized that meat. Pita is going to go fucking ham on this shit when we get big. So, uh, we're not killing it. We're at, we're loving it intimately. Shouldn't that be in Pita's uh, agenda? Is loving animals? That's what I'm saying. We're just taking it to a whole new level. They should keep up with us. Pita needs to get on our level. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> So concerned. Welcome to the new Upsala podcast. There you go. Um, yeah. Welcome back, guys. It's a new week. We're going to have some fun with this one. As this week, we're going to talk about the seasons of the year and what that means in Norse paganism, whether that's the big four in bloats or the other, I don't want to say smaller ones because they're not necessarily smaller. They're just, they're not. The equinoxes of the solstices. So, yeah. We're going to talk about the other bloats that happen throughout the year, mostly what's coming up in the next few months. And yeah, we're going to run with that. Yeah, and to your point, they're not smaller by any mean by stature. It's just less romanticized or celebrated, I guess. Like when people are like, oh, I want to do something heathen. They're like, oh, it's like one of four things. But they don't really account for the ones in between. So, yeah. yeah. Very unfortunate. Some of those ones are more fun, arguably. Yeah. Some of them are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> some are kind of down, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. But they all no. have significance. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. They all have their own significance in their own different ways. Um, yeah, no, it's just. I've always heard people be like, oh, yeah, which one is it this time? Oh, it's not one of the big four. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Greek mythology? Like, there's not a big three. Like, <laughs> this isn't Percy Jackson. No offense to Percy Jackson. Great books. But, yeah. So, the topic is evolving from our modern mentality of getting tied with our devices and the, the struggle and being more going back to our roots of getting tied with the seasons and that being our mentality. You know, the spring season is time for rebirth, time to go back to work, start getting more active from the winter, huddling and enjoying the hard work and the survivability behind winter. And then you got summer, enjoying the summer air, the outdoor activities, family activities, you know, summer break and everything like that, but also go do stuff, essentially. Um, and then you got fall, which is, all right, it's time to, we had our little fun, but now it's time to get back to work. We're got to get ready for winter. We have to get ready for hunkering down, making sure, you know, everything's all done, everything's all ready for winter time frame. So that's what we're going to be talking about is 
going back from, hey, I can just go to Walmart every week and I'll be good versus, all right, let's let's get ready. Let's prep. Right. I'm going to rename Summer always as Go Do Stuff. Great. I like it. Well, <laughs> the official title of Summer. Go Do Stuff. I don't know. Well, <laughs> Figure that. Like, back in the days, it was raiding season. Now, we don't go raiding as much, but, like, go camping and do stuff like that. I agree, raid not as much. <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, go raid the other people's campgrounds. Like, you're saying, it's well, a little row. <laughs> de- depending on the state, you could go raid the store. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't... Sure. <laughs> It kind of stick to big corporations, not necessarily like small mom and pop shops. Just you know, personal preference. Yeah, like a JC Penny. Yeah, go fuck them up. I don't give a damn. Like Walmart, <laughs> they're in. Is there still a JC Penny? Yeah, yeah, dude, in the halls. You have one like right around your corner. What? Yeah, here, really? Yeah. There's like four out there. There's like Fred Myers and crap around here, which is not in Utah. Shit. <laughs> well, they're in the malls. Yeah. Oh, hmm. well, yeah, we got a couple malls around here. Yeah. Yeah, you got like three, like within your proximity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, you got, you got, you got a JCPenney around there somewhere. <laughs> Can't say I've ever heard of one before. I'm not going to lie. I've never had the urge to be like, What's it the penny today? <laughs> well, it doesn't help you shop at your store, so yeah, yeah. But like, also, I want to bring this up. Who the fuck during that whole debacle, without getting into it politically or anything, why weren't we raiding liquor stores? Like, of all the things you could go and take, because they were doing that's. Was a social service to keep us all getting through it. It was a mutual respect. We keep getting the liquor in, we keep buying it from them. Now, if they were like, we're shutting down this week, no more business, they better brace themselves. But if it's a continuing stream of alcohol, I think the respect was there to say, thank you for the whiskey. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But then, you know, there wasn't a. People weren't worrying about the shortage of whiskey or beer versus the shortage of toilet paper. True. Yeah. Very true. I think I was I was in Missouri or Korea when that was happening. Yeah, I was somewhere else. Sure, I was Portland, Oregon. Let me tell you. It was like its own war zone. It was still it was bad. Insane. It's still it bad in the 21. It looks like a fucking war zone. Yeah, I'm telling you. And like, it, they still have signs up in places that says like limit one per customer or two per customer on toilet paper or things. Like it's still, they're still up. That's just like a permanent thing now. At, like at any moment, like mm-hmm. everyone's just gonna shit their pants and not have anything to do with it. Like, like it's just, just IBS is like crazy in Oregon, which they do anyway. It just comes out of their mouth, but whatever. 
Yeah, doesn't that come out of the tap water there? Oh no, that's Flint, Michigan. This is like three podcasts in a row you've been shitting on Michigan. It's not that I'm shitting on Michigan. I'm supporting the people of Flint, Michigan not having clean drinking water for like 10 fucking years. Yeah. Okay, you're like 10 fucking years late to that conversation. No. (laughs) The issue's still going on. It's fucking Michigan. Who cares about Michigan? Hey, on the Looney Tunes, there was Michigan J. Frog, and he would do the Hell of a Baby song with a top hat and a cane. I appreciated that. Looney Tunes also had Pepe Le Pew, the rapey skunk. Okay, calm down. They're not That's took him off, and that's so dumb. That's why he likes Europe so much. He got indoctrinated Uh, as elite. Uh, so early in his life, he's like, "Oh, I need to go to France because this is how they act." I feel yeah, at that home. Probably... It is. They do act like that. Oh, we oui, we. Oui. That's why you had a. That's why you had that apartment in Paris, huh? You fucking. It's not <laughs> not why. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Okay, we're already fucking off topic for the last. Alright. Seasons of the year. We kind of went into this a little bit last time. We alluded to a few things, though. The biggest one that I would argue that was alluded to, though, is the Wild Hunt, which is shortly coming up. Um, It... You know what? I'm just... I'm going to let White Wolf talk about this one. He probably has fucking a damn near a novel worth of notes on this so i'm just gonna shut up and let him run this one i mean probably i don't know where they are but i know enough about it while it sucks way to throw him underneath the bus right how many fucking times does he throw us okay first of all no he throws us under the bus constantly i drive the bus i argue you throw people under the bus more it's like, hey, I don't know what to talk about, but Rain Raven seems like he has a lot of ideas. We're gonna like have this edit clip and snips like every time he's like thrown us under the bus. <laughs> it's gonna be like it's <laughs> an hour-long podcast. I'm gonna be like, what's Wolf's got this? Rain Raven's got this. What are you guys doing? Like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm here. Just shut the fuck up. I ramble all the time. All the time. I know, we do it productively, it'd be fantastic to record. So, it'd be cool. <laughs> Throwing me under the bus, true fucking Wild Hunt status, or style. Um, wild Hunt is a spectacularly terrifying time to be alive. Because you can die. Um, it's essentially, as we kind of talked about, when you harvest everything, when you hunker down, you always think you stay inside. It's not just because shit's cold outside, it's because Odin and his huntsmen and his wolves and everything with them are currently riding through the sky, hunting. It's everything and anything you fucking feel like. It. Whether it's humans or runes or giants, whatever. Um, just hunting all the time. Uh, it's often said in the middle of the night during the winter time when you hear the wind at the top of the trees moving. Um, it's not a real strong storm. It's a dead silent night, and the wind hits the top of the trees. That wild hunt going overhead. Um, anybody 
taken during the wild hunt essentially joins the wild hunt very white walker-esque thing to that game of thrones um taken during that time becomes that thing and it has its own meaning it's some basically all these there's tons of stories about the wild hunt um, but the way is to stay is to prevent prevent death from so anybody that's able-bodied men and children doesn't matter definitely time people freezing to death everything um, odds are they're taken by the wild hunt and not by other things i mean all things are possible but but it sucks it is not a time to travel it's not a time to make rash decisions um even big things that are weighing on you that you feel have to resolve through because of drama or over speculation or just you're prioritizing it too much once it hits winter backburners don't do any of it you will if you make a rash, a rash decision or a big decision during the wild hunt odds are it's not going to go in your favor for long term obviously short-term decisions have short-term consequences um to a certain degree but most of the time it's going to blow up in your face it's a time where you relax you pull back you look inward and you protect you your immediate family and your surroundings um generally during this time go with the whole at least myself do not travel like we just lock it down um during uh, covid during 2020 and 2021 it was actually the most i've ever traveled during the wild hunt because of my company i had to go all over the place during it and i was the only one that was apparently willing to travel which you know should not be the case i should be the only one not willing to travel but whatever um, but it's the most I've ever traveled during it. It was honestly like I don't have a problem traveling. I love it. I do it for a living. Uh, but even during those times on the wild, during the wild hunt, I think a little bit more on like when I'm driving, when I'm flying, like the consequences, things that could go wrong. Uh, I'm not that kind of person by any means. I love love like flying, doing all that stuff. But I'm a little bit more aware. Um, I'm basically looking out airplane windows, expecting to see Odin's hunt ride by or come and skewer me out of the sky or something like that. Um, so generally, yeah, uh, generally in back in the day, don't travel. You'll die. Like, screw you. You made the choice. You're going to die now. Uh, but it is obviously much more luxurious. We had different ways of combating that in traveling different means, different methods. Obviously, you know, I arrived whenever we're safely. It's not walking around months to get to a location. Um, but it's still very ill-advised to travel during that time because it exposes you unnecessarily. Well, that sucks. So I concur with this. I mean, there's mild statistical evidence, mild, from last year, at least in my own personal viewpoint. A lot of the elders of our communities around the entire North Sweden community ended up not making it through. It was crazy. I mean, it was left and right. I had funerals all over the place that either I was invited to or it was just somebody that I knew. A lot of them were the elders of our communities. They were grandparents or graybeards, as we call them. And they ended up passing, which is super unfortunate because that was a level of wisdom that we just lost. Hopefully they wrote everything down. I haven't seen anything. I haven't really dove into it at all. But yeah, it's that was a huge part of last year was we watched it happen where and people blame COVID, people blame all sorts of stuff like that. 
but in reality that was it was just insane the sheer amount of people that passed over the last the last year's wild hunt so yeah that was that was big and i do agree with the rash decisions watch that happen many many times um yeah shit's brutal i mean it, for myself you know last year i when I experienced the wild hunt for the first time, my mood and my routine of being calm, cool, collected went out of the water. I was hostile, I was aggressive, and I negatively, or I was argumentative for no apparent reason. And, you know, when I finally came to terms of wow, the wild hunt's actually affected me for the first time in like five years that I've been doing this. Um, and it just hit me out of the blue. I apologized to both of them because I was like, hey, I don't know what was going on. I was being aggressive and not my normal self. And they're like, it's the wild hunt, bro. You're good. I remember that conversation. Yeah. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was like, dude, this is your first time going through this, isn't it? Yeah. And it was just like, God, oh, fuck. I was in uh, Alabama. Yeah. When I first got there. Yeah. I remember. So we're talking about that. I remember the first time that I saw it and felt it for what it was. I was still learning, which was pretty. That's so long. Fuck. So I was in training, essentially. And. I believe. Well, can correct me if I'm wrong, but that was, I think the first time I felt it was when he was, we were hanging out at his town home with another friend of ours, and Well flipped over this fur that he had that has different rune things on the back of it, and I saw one and I was like, hey, yeah, you should do a rune pull on this one, and it ended up being a nine rune pull at like 11.30 p.m. He's still mad at me for that one. That was painful. Like, <laughs> just having a great time and then just getting Mueller thrown against my head, essentially. Ah, oh, that lasted forever. Yeah, yeah, it did. And then I remember you and our other buddy ended up puking outside, and I'm sitting there going, Oh, I'm pissed drunk. Don't get me. I was shit faced by the end of that. But we were just, I was watching both of them throw up and I was like, that's fucking weird. I don't know what's going on. I don't even, I don't remember how the night ended. So that, that tracks. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but no, the, the whole thing, I mean, it affects everyone very differently. Um, whether it's depression or rage or whatever else. Um, where uh, Rain Raven and I live, it's often, often depression, uh, even during like regular times of the year, because there's so little sunlight that comes through. It when I before I was moving here, everyone told me to get one of those lights that does like vitamin D lights or whatever else, and I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm the real chipper dude. And I got here, I'm like, fuck, like that is rough. And so when the wild hunt comes through here, especially, it's 
it's hard. Like it's darker than it usually is, which is already dark, mm-hmm. um, and pretty damn depressing, which it usually is anyway. But no one, you know, no one, anyway, you the first time, last time, whatever else, no one's immune to the wild hunt. Like no one can escape what the effects it has. Uh, I mean, you know, just real quick, Betty White died December 31st. You ain't stronger than Betty White. So guess what? <laughs> if it can take her, it can take you. So if rule. you, if you, on Betty White, if you take all the like leap year and everything like that, if you don't take that into account, she made it to her 101st birthday. Yep. Yes. Uh, I like that. National treasure. She will. 100%. So you mentioned another piece of this, which I think is hilarious, which is that's actually two parts to this. Uh, the way that it affects everybody differently. And then the whole standpoint of don't make rash decisions. The way that the wild hunt normally affects me is I go fucking off the rails making wild fucking decisions. I have to fight that shit every day throughout the wild hunt. Like, fuck it, let's go buy a car. Or, meh, I don't really care. Let's do stupid shit. That's my go-to during the wild hunt, is making insane decisions. And I have to try and curb that every year. And it sucks. It's like it, uh, it takes your worst aspect that you normally never have it's like every couple months for like a day this little piece of you comes out and shows but when the wild hunt happens that becomes your new normal yeah yeah you with the rage me with making crazy fucking decisions because i don't do that yeah i am a very calculated person like even when i'm angry or someone has wronged me in some way I'm still the voice of like, nah, let's pump the brake or let's not do that. I make stupid decisions all the time, but like that level of rash insanity that those decisions come out being, that's the opposite of what I normally am. So yeah, no, it's, I agree with that. It does the opposite. Mm-hmm. It pulls that little piece that you never really pay attention to. So uh, I don't think we covered when the wild hunt usually takes into effect. Sigvadir, you look like you have some topics on this. Can you please discuss it on when the wild hunt happens? Sure. Yeah, no problem. Cheat. <laughs> um, so the wild hunt normally ranges any time after the harvest bloat and throughout up until Osara. It is anywhere within the winter months and that changes geographically by the week. It can change by the it's it's more like a this is when it could happen. This is when you should be prepared for that type thing in my mind and my experience. But it comes in what seems like waves. So anytime from the harvest float to Ostara, that's when I'm normally on guard for it. There are some years where it is just constant all the way through that time where it's just insanity and 
all of that. Yeah. No, I would say it's any time in between those. But it depends on your location and what's... It depends on a lot of different factors, in my opinion. I think, for me, is it also comes in waves, but it's also due to the weather. Like, out here in Oregon, when it rains... Well, not rains, but when it uh, snows, everyone loses their mind. Everything goes crazy, and people start panicking. They're like, oh, I need to stock up on gas because I don't know when I can go to the gas station again when two days later it's all thawed out. Um, it For me, the heaviest part of the wild hunt happens during... Uh, cold snaps and heavy storms. That's when the chaos comes into effect. So it's when it just basically cracks the whip on on that day or whatever else. You're, the random ones. Yeah. Gotcha. Mine's more. Mine's a little bit closer to Sigurdir's. Like when I when I see that, it's basically like. Winter's finding almost uh, this we're introducing that fact into basically Ostara, um, that whole timeline. And it, it's a long timeline to consider how extreme the situation is in our minds and the way our the precautions we take, things like that. But honestly, that's that's a lot. That's about where my it's a good like quarter of the year. I don't do shit um, because of it. So, oh, make me let me make the correction. I think it's the same time frame. But I get the, I feel the effects of the wild hunt most during those events happening. I know it's constant, but when like heavy snowfall and a big storm's coming and a cold snap, that's when I feel the effects of, all right, it's, it's winter. I need to remember this is happening. I don't need to die. All right. I can't die. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I get what you're saying. I agree. There's, I guess it's a little different where I'm at geographically because there isn't like a snap snowstorm here. It'll happen occasionally in the beginning or like the end of the winter season. But after a certain point, it's just constantly covered in snow. Yeah. And it's a shit show on the roads. There's no like, oh no, winter's here for today. It snowed. Ah. Don't get me wrong, people are still dumb as hell. Not the goddess, the Christian place. Correct that one right now. Um, uh, But yeah, people are still stupid about stuff. Like, there's more car accidents, there's stuff like that. When I look at the weather during that time, it's pretty consistent here. So it's hard to gauge it on that. But it'll go... I think my biggest indication is I run on instincts a lot. Yay, surprise. I run on my fucking instincts constantly. Shouldn't be surprising. But um, I'll feel it like in my bones, all of my aching joints and everything. It'll get worse for a couple days. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. Time to stay home. Time to hunker down and get close to family and stuff like that yeah that's that's my biggest indication is just this gut feeling that i need to stay out of it for a little while i wanted to experience the wild hunt close to the uh 
uh, equator. See if it has a wow. different different effect. It's different, honestly. It's pretty cool, um, but there is a different like there's a difference even in hemisphere and everything. Obviously, taking into account like the actual season changes. Um, closer and further away from the head from the equator definitely has a different effect. I think closer to the equator, it's gonna sound weird because it kind of should be the opposite. But I think it's a little bit more dangerous to the equator than it is away from it. Which you think closer to like the north, it's gonna be way more dangerous because of the sheer amount of snowfall and the extreme conditions. But I think the equator is disarming. And so, like, you're more likely to travel. It's warmer weather. It's always nice. You can go out at any time. And that's, to your point, like, when something snap cold hits you, and it might not be a storm, but people are still being as active in the wintertime as they are in the summertime. And it's just basically a bigger target for the wild hunt. So I think it's more dangerous because it's less severe externally and people take that for granted and think oh it's still nice i'll go and it basically disarms everyone from the reality of it. i'm gonna do a little research real quick because i have this random theory and i don't know if it's right but i want to know being that we're talking about the equator and especially over here in the americas and our part of the world um, most of the equator in that area is controlled by cartels and stuff like that there's some decent governments there but I would be curious as to how much those kind of things act up during that time. Okay. Yeah. Do some research. Um, let, me, let me do a little Google search real quick. So I've vaguely experienced, you know, doing the wild hunt closer to the equator, uh, back in t- year 21 from October to no, it was 20 October of 20 to December 20. Um, I was in Texas for that whole time and it was really weird because you would have the freezing cold days in in the mornings. Like I would be shivering, um, going to bed or like waking up and everything going to work. Um, but midday I would be in pants and a t-shirt it just blew my mind and then that was shortly before the cold snap happened in texas where the power went out for like a week um and yeah i think personally i just want to experience the whole thing just like go down there for like six months and do like a little uh research experiment um you know go to alaska and then go to california arizona things like there and then see the difference and feel the difference yeah and i think the more north you go the more spiritual it feels and i think that's due to the fact that people take it seriously not everyone takes wild hunt seriously but the extreme conditions of that season so obviously you know, they're much more prone to survivability and having all these things there's california if you run out of toilet the world ends but in alaska they're like no we make our own it's fine it's winter we got this you know this um, makes so me like there's a... go ahead white wolf no i'm just saying like i think there's a the, just that respect to the 
to the season makes you more prone to survive, which is more respect to exactly what we should always be doing, respecting the energies and everything with it. Yeah, I think, like, to your point of going up north, northern, you prepare more, you, you know, get supplies, because you don't know when shit's going to happen, versus when you're closer to the equator, it's it's more routine, and it stays the same, and you got the weird little events that happen like California just had the hurricane and uh, a couple years ago Las Vegas had the first snow it's ever had um so people were like freaking out about that I think I agree with you that it be more of a mentality change is why people in the south feel the wild hunt more feel the effect of the wild hunt more and this makes me think of one of our students that we should talk to him about that and be like, hey, so uh, be prepared about this because it's bound to happen if you haven't experienced it before. If you're not ready, it's just going to be someone riding by on a horse and slap you <laughs> in the face. But yeah, like, uh, just give him that friendly reminder of, hey, just because it's 70 degrees out there, doesn't mean it's not December. Respect. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. It's just, again, like, no one's above it. Yeah. You're not getting away from it if you want, if it's coming at you. But, you know, people go their whole lives, obviously, and not experiencing the wild hunt, which is good. Um, it's one of those things I think, as a well-read heathen, you probably should experience, even if it, you don't, even if you shouldn't experience it at the same time. Um, it's just something that, you a little bit more of a, an experience and knowledge base to warn others about teach others about things like that um but i think to your point like it's not always foreboding every second of every day uh, the parts that are intense like i said the wind blowing things like that there are, are signs of the wild hunt not just that it's winter that that's wild hunt yeah. um, when there's cold snaps and see like that they're they're always moving around you know the realms and so it could be one off whatever else but there are signs of the wild hunt being active as opposed to the wild hunt season so the same thing as anything hunt is the hunting season but you only hunting x amount of time mm-hmm. yeah like um all right why well if you're gonna get this but in the witcher where the wild hunt comes and they're you know you got the snowfall and the like the degree changes like drastically that's what I'm that's how I get the warnings and that's how I see the warnings it's like all right there's gonna be a cold snap um it's going down from a steady 40 degrees uh cloudy to five degrees with freezing rain all right it's time to hunker down you know prepare for a little bit you know stop acting like it's day to day Quick Google search of Mexican cartels um, in recent history. Okay, I know it's fucking my computer's gonna get taken by the NSA one of these days. Uh, yeah. yeah. So on December 11th of 2006, President Felipe Calderon, Calderon dispatched 6,500 Mexican soldiers to Michoacan, Spanish one, to 
and drug violence. So December 11th, 2006, December 11th, dispatch soldiers, a war. Um, the next president, um, Enrique Peña Nieto, in his first 14 months in his, in his administration, between December of 2012 and January of 2014, 23,000 plus people died in his war against the cartels. I'm seeing this trend here, and I want to take it a little bit further and look around the world to see when most of these wars started, because we know the war on terror started on September 11th, which is arguably within the realm of Winter's Finding happening. Well, that's the, the events, but I want to say it was like a week or two weeks later is when we, yeah. the uh, United States uh, retaliated on the attack. Something like that. But are you seeing these polls too? We seem to go to war, much to the demise of Germany, in the winter time. That oh. seems to be a thing. That yeah. I'm just quick Google search. I haven't dug into it at all, but that's just and that's around the equator, which is what I was kind of looking for. Mexico being close enough, in my opinion, right? Yeah, I mean it's right on the equator. This makes me think yeah. of a a possible assignment is to the students of how is there any evidence that the wild ant affected human history like uh you know as you said wars and everything like that it's like is can you give us some evidence that the wild hunt effects made human history you get what i'm saying yeah that could be anything from you know germany like you said not invading Russia, as well as the Huns making it over, like, the pass, like, all those things are done in those extreme conditions, environments, and, you know, froze to death or made it through, and maybe froze their enemies to death in the meantime. So that'd be, that's interesting. So here's another one, Brazil. Um, it's War for Independence started in February of 1822. It's War for oh, that one doesn't tell me. Mm -hmm. uh, month, but yeah, I'm noticing some crazy. And to me, it makes sense that near the equator, more shit would be popping off, um, just for the mere fact of supply and demand through cartels or whatever they're doing. If everyone else is frozen. But along the equator, everything's warm. There's no disruption of business in narcotics or growing or whatever else. Yeah. The disruption of business would occur if it was frozen over. Like if fucking Canada was this huge, like, cartel country, and it's like, well, except for, like, seven months out of the year, then they're just frozen. Yeah. Well, then we have World War II starting on September 1st. So, I don't know. Just the crazy theory that I'm going to dive into personally because now I'm interested. So that's kind of cool. All right. Get the students involved. Make that into a, like a rain room. Maybe that into an assignment. Get the students involved. That'd be funny. I'm down. Well, I don't. All right. I wouldn't say funny. It would be educational. It would be educational. I am fascinated to see at least one of our students' point of view on war. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> with cartels and stuff. Yeah. Like, at least I would. You would be, that's why I said it's funny because I'd be entertained by one of their responses for sure. I'm also extremely interested. I think we're on the same page with the one that we're talking about. However, there's uh-huh. another one that I would love to get his perspective on war with all of the little accents and shits that uh. he uses all the time. <laughs> Just, just to hear him go off about war and shit like that in his own way. Oh my god! Oh, that'd be that would be the only reason I would not want to present this to them. <laughs> so I don't want to sit through the Simpsons episodes. <laughs> you know, it'd be funny as hell though, because we have a few new students that are in there, and they'd be like, "What is happening?" Yeah, he. They haven't got the. Uh... The full effect of Sunday calls. Dude, that was like day two for him, too. Anyways, the wild hunt. It's a fucking crazy time. Yeah. Don't make rash decisions. Try to stay close to home in your area. Take care of your own. And that's the biggest part is we need to, and I think we, I went over this a little bit last time with the preparation window that winter gives us. The reflection time that gives Use this time wisely in that regard in preparation for the stuff you're going to be doing around. And uh, as a as a go through, when I advise political members and or their clans, communities, kindreds, whatever else, uh, it's happened multiple times where I can see I, you can identify others people's momentum, right? You can see build up through other people. They might think they're stealthy, they're not. Um, but like you can see the momentum building behind people's year, and it's really hard to say, okay, stop your momentum, pick it up here. And a lot of people ignore that, even that are heathen. Um, there's been more than one time, and I remember one time specifically, I was in, I was sitting on an Indian reservation enjoying my dinner, and I was being called and messaged all this stuff on my devices on uh, from a political. Uh, leader of sorts uh, and they were trying to come up with this whole thing and i said hey you know like now is not the time uh, they were being very aggressive they were being very like not like hostile but they're being very rude and i was like now's not the time like curb all of what you're doing right now like i know you're pissed don't worry about it honestly take a breath come back here and we will address it in a calm way we'll get all this stuff together and address it like we should when this when you know the seasons thaw and everything else and they didn't and they ran forward with it and it blew up in their face really bad so as a gothi uh i mean people control their own destinies but to me i'm advising them as much as possible like i know this might be time sensitive i know you're building up to this crescendo of basically action but stop um, even giving that time, it might resolve itself. It might not, but at the same time, like you're giving it enough time to breathe where you can come at it at a much more logical angle. And nine times out of ten, they don't listen to spiritual advisors anymore. Um, we're gonna ignore it eleven times out of ten just for fun. Um, so they just do it, and you get to watch them reap these consequences. And sometimes they acknowledge that. You told them not to, but mostly not. So just, I never stop pushing it though. It'll be the same person a thousand times. I will just hit my head against that wall every while of politically, don't change shit. Oh, we're in a good place. Oh, maybe we'll start doing this and this and this. We'll change minor things. I'm like, nope, keep everything the way it is. If you have a blueprint for a better success, 
in the uh, during a star or something. Tell us that. Make this whole time about preparation for your better future, not your immediate future. So it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing I do want to touch on, though, because, for example, I'm anticipating a career change. In December, mm-hmm. at the end of December, my career path changes. Now, I've known about this change for some time. And I've been putting in all the work to make this as smooth as I possibly can for the last few months. So that's, that would be my one caveat. Is there's no other way. If you know something's coming during that time, prepare yourself as best you can in order to lessen the stress of those moments because it's going to go sideways. I have backup plans on backup plans right now. I have things moving all over the place. But right around September 22nd, I think it is, that's all going to drop. And I'm going to take a back seat and go, I'm going to do the little things that I have left to do but I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. And I'm just going to ride this one out mm-hmm. till that day where I have to make and take action. But I already have this blueprint plan of how it's going to go in my head. And then I'm anticipating the changes. So if you can't avoid making big changes, can't avoid that kind of stuff, by all means, I understand that. I mean, I believe we all understand that, but try to prepare yourself as Best as you, as best you can before the wild hunt. Yeah, like uh, you know, we can't do as our ancestors did, and you know, be farmers and you know, reap in the rewards and stay at home and go hunting and everything like that during this time of the year. We, you know, we all have day jobs is our form of farming, and instead of it being seasonal, it's year round. Um, unlike Wolf's family, they still go to the old traditions, <laughs> uh, but we still know that this shit is happening. We still know this effect's happening, that we know this event's happening. We need to prepare ourselves that, hey, this shit's happening and we need to be cautious and be more mindful and careful with our decisions. Um, I want to say last podcast, we talked about why wolf's family and how they're farmers and correct me if I'm wrong, but during the winter time, it's not kickback and chill. It's, you know, you guys are still planning, you know, the next har- uh, planting season, you know, you guys are drawing up blueprints and you know, all that stuff. You're like, all right, we're going to uh, plant this seed approximately this time if weather permits and you know all that stuff but it's not kick back and relax you you're still relax um planning for the next year yeah and it's just that it's it, it's just preparation exactly that what went wrong what went right um exactly your point like rotating crops uh we do it depending on the, the pesticides we use 
Um, we can't have some crops in the same, like if we do a certain chemical spray somewhere for bugs or whatever you're doing it for, we can't put that crop in there for four plus years. Like that's the timeline that will take for that chemical to finally be ridden in that area. So rotation of the crops is constant every year, um, something changes, but we have to know that going in so we don't hit planting time and be like, what are we doing? Um, whereas some of our crops does actually grow through the snow throughout the year, which is mostly mint. Um, it grows under the snow and just never stops going. So that one's kind of, we can section that off a little bit differently, but yeah, no, it never ends. And I think to your point, things are changing. Um, I, I would say like the, what I'm trying to get at when I advise people especially is, Things that are under their in their immediate control is what you postpone doing. Now, contracts, um, job endings, like that, things are like actually going to end regardless of you going outside or not. If you sat at home, it would still have the same timeline. It would still have the same effect um, or same deadlines. Um, that to me is an inevitable, like you can't prevent it, you can't avoid it, but it's to your point so that you can prepare for and be ready for coming no matter what. But I'm saying like, the decisions you're making or have direct control over. Now you can postpone losing a job or changing, but sometimes if you're con contractually obligated, you can't. Um, so I think that to your point, there are examples of like, this is changing, brace yourself, as opposed to saying you have control to change this, don't do it. Does that make sense? Or the, you know, this is changing, prepare yourself. And that's how I see sick videos event happening it's he knows this is working he's not waiting until last minute to finally start doing stuff about it he's you know he's been working to do most of what he can do before the effects of the wild hunt or the time that the wild hunt takes place right and that's kind of what i'm trying to get at was exactly what i will said but we've spent a lot of time on the wild hunt and this next coming thing, let's jump into what happens after that, or what happens during, like Yule, which is a fucking blast. I enjoy Yule. Yeah, we're we're talking about all the seasons, not just the wild hunt. <laughs> we just covered yeah. it for fifty minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's it, important, and it's the and it's, it's the upcoming ist. At the beginning of all of that, I stated. Let's go over the wild hunt, because fuck the wild hunt. And it's it's one of those things that's like, it's coming, like, nap it. Uh, winter is coming. White Wolf, you should appreciate that. I get it. I'm a nerd. You know how hard it is? My name. Around fucking Comic-Con and shit. <laughs> uh, dude, that's great. I love it. Um... No, but there's there's other great things that happen throughout this time of year, like alpha bloat or diesel bloats, depending on how you operate those. And the feast of the Anheriar is when again? When do you isn't that you... um isn't that Veterans Day? Why well, we'll switch it up. Yeah. Uh, or pulling up his notes or something. Yeah, so Veterans Day, uh, so I, I haven't pulled it up yet because I, I have them in there, but I, I want to say 
It's not Veterans Day. I want to, it's not Memorial Day, though. Maybe it is Veterans Day for the feast. Yeah. It falls on one of them, yeah. for sure. And maybe it's Veterans because it's, you know, and that's a really easy way to remember it is the Veterans. But uh, maybe they, I believe you're correct now that I say that, though. It's on my phone. I can just check my calendar. Yeah, it's November 11th. Yeah, that, that would track. Yeah. When, yeah. Yeah. So you've got. That was a book. I love that shit. That is one of my favorite. That is when I travel to. Like, it's a. Literally everything I said not to do is like what I do on that day. Like I fly to Utah or drive, which is so much worse. And then I go to a cabin in the middle of the fucking forest, covered in snow. That's literally snowed over except for a little fucking hole that I walk in as the front door. And I invite everyone up there, and we all go up there and just eat and fuck around the whole time. It's like the exact opposite of my entire tangent on hunkering down. I'm like, let's just have a fucking like Coachella in the winter, and it's great. So, but I I appreciate that part of it because yeah, it's right in the middle of the fucking wild. But it's also a it's an entire feast laid out for fallen warriors that would be doing that kind of shit during this time it's essentially in my opinion an honorary portion of the wild hunt in my mind of all the things you shouldn't do that's the one day where i'm like yeah fuck it whatever screw them i'm gonna go do stupid things and you run off into the woods like what will said the wild the wild hunt's taking this day off or they're just there watching the fucking chaos. Like, we don't have to do anything. They're going to kill themselves anyways. Easy hunt, baby. I found a couple photos of one of the feasts of the Einherjar that I hosted. And there is, like, looks like six bottles of mead. And everyone that went up, I made sure everyone had a... Uh, Oh fuck! Uh, I can't think right now because rotisserie. Yeah, every single person rotisserie chicken, and I mean that was the smallest portion. That we had an entire fucking honey baked ham just sliced up and everything. The it looked it was such a good spread. We ate like a quarter of it, maybe. <laughs> it was insane. There was so much food. I loved it, but that's what I like. I like doing that. Like during that time, it's just like Sigurd said, it's a celebration. Like we're really giving into it. And when they're at Inval Hall feasting, I'm like, fuck it, I want to be feasting too, let's go. And it's the same concept, I love it. So, yeah, I found some pictures that were like, my table was covered in furs and just food. It's like something out of fucking Utgard Loki's story on that table where Loki just consumed the fucking food and drink. Good stuff. I like it. So I've thought about making it a little more, not formal, but extending that invitation a little bit further and dropping stuff like that in there. But yeah, no, I, I also kind of want to rent out an Airbnb for a bigger cabin. I know you have yours, but I've thought about just going out into the fucking woods for a bigger cabin where everybody can just spend the night and just do that kind of stuff. So we can all just go fucking ham for a night. And then have to pay a quarter of the fee as a cleanup. Services. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, no. Uh, so you've got diesel bloat or alpha bloat, depending on which one you do. Um, that's another fun one yeah. where that's another great topic of discussion as to how that goes, because I know I'm the outlier in that one in some cases. Uh, you do yours November? 
So I do alpha loads on Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving. Yeah, see, the, the, for those of you that are just listening, why was looking at like both corners of his fucking room right now trying to do the math? Most people do disabled during that time or they honor the mothers. I reach out to the Alpha, the land whites, the spirits, our ancestors, uh, forefathers, whatever you want to call it. I reach out to them. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was scratching. I had something. You're good. Oh. <laughs> one no, word in my hand. Um, no, I just, that's one of my things. So, Alpha Bloat and Disa Bloat. Disa Bloat is an honoring of the mothers. I normally do that one in the springtime as a thank you for all the mothers' work. And it's a huge thing where in our local community that I work with the most, we end up telling all the women and all the mothers that are in our community sit down, have a break, relax. All the dads are in charge of this one, and we cover everything because they're the ones that took us through the winter. They're the ones that helped the sick kids, were up all night with the children, making the food, taking care of the home, doing that kind of stuff. While men do that, we also kind of suck at that. We go out and go hunting. Yeah. But it's yeah. probably like the most terrifying. That's probably like the women's own little wild hunt. Is that one day where the men are in charge and they're like, "Who's gonna survive?" It? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to go anywhere. Everyone's gonna die. <laughs> but no, it's a blast. We have fun with that one. Um, there's been a couple of times where I personally tossed my credit card to my wife and went. Hey, go take all the girls out for fun. Have all the men come over here with all the kids, and we'll watch the kids. You guys can disappear for the next six hours. That bill was fun. Um, <laughs> but it was good because they got that break, and that was one of the things that I do in the springtime. And oftentimes, I think they went out and got, like, manicures and pedicures. They had a little spa day thing. They went and did their own thing before the spring and Ostara actually took over, which was a blast for them. It was good because they got a break and everything. But Alpha Bloat is the one that I do in the winter as a, not a pleading, but a making offerings to the spirits of the land in order to give them strength throughout the winter. Um, a lot of trees go docile. Crops normally are being planted, except for the exclusions like kale and mint. And some of the other ones that are there. Pine tree, um, evergreen trees. Evergreen trees, which is actually a huge religious symbol for us. Um, it's used all the time. But there's those kind of things. So I make offerings to the land spirits and the whites during that time. And then you have the Feast of the Anheriar, um, Mother's Night for Yule, um, or the 12 Days of Yule. That's another, oh, that's another fun conversation. Is it three days or 12 days? Oh, um, it's whatever you can do. I don't think there's one way to do it. There's, it's whatever's feasible to your community and, um, to you spiritually and emotionally. Cause it's very taxing during that time. Um, during modern day, I think 
three day is more feasible versus a 12 day. Now, you know, back in the ancestral times, I can see the 12 day being more feasible because, uh, everyone was farmers back then and tradesmen, um, and there was, you know, trees in abundance. So the Yule log would be hella long. And I want to say the tradition for the Yule log is it burns at the start of Yule and Yule doesn't end until the Yule log, uh, is completely done. I want to say that's the tradition. Um, but modern day, I want to say it's whatever's feasible to you. I think three is the most acclimable and the most possible to be done. Okay. I can see that. Um, so we do it intermittently. You're muted. Were you talking? I know it's bad. Um, are you talking about like the Yule log like being one log and like that's it? Or are you talking about like the, the celebration of that event? Uh, so when I said the Yule log, it was one big log that um, would be pushed into the fire slowly but surely. Um, that's how I seen it and you know my studies have gone about the yule log but if you have other things then, please cover no it. that's what i'm saying yes what i do is one log and so i've done it it's kind of both like i use one log but i don't like I, I do my best to have it burn the whole time but i know realistically it's going to be a log and there it's huge like it's at my cabin and i have it if i if i'm indoors depending on how the surroundings are it's in my indoor like fireplace if not it's out in my fire pit um, but I usually like will carve and do my things with the Yule log in its own accordance, and then that will be it. And I'll try to make that last for three days. Now, if that means I do need to put it out for bed or whatever else, because I have the luxury of having my warmth that doesn't have to come from that, and then I can reunite it the next day and have it going kind of as uh, my own timeline for that day is usually what I'll do. Um, but I don't like dump water on it by any means. I'll just not feed it. Yeah. I want to say, like, they would cut down a whole tree and like part of it would be like hanging out. Cause during that time you, we couldn't, um, you know, let wood dry out for the next summer, like how we do it nowadays. Um, now or back then we would just cut down the log and haul it in and put it on the fire. <laughs> that would so, be the Yule log. That's how I'm picturing it. And that's how I've, Write about it. That is one of the biggest things that I'm looking for. Jesus Christ, my dog just scared the hell out of me. All I saw was yellow eyes. So the, those of you on see, voice, see you can't see it. But I just have like this dark room behind me with an open door, and I just saw yellow eyes like right here. I was like, fuck. Anybody say wild hunt? Yeah. Um, no. But that's one of my biggest things with the hop that we're trying to build is I want the traditional style fucking Yule log where it's like a 30 foot tree that we've felled for the purpose of Yule. And we're just slow feeding it into this fire or into the way that I envision the hop is we'll have like this long fire pit throughout the hall that's just raised. And we'll just put the whole log on there and start a fire at one end of it. And just let it slow burn all the way across. See, I've always, I've been pictured it as having one gigantic 
know, fire pit, but have the log like sticking out and slowly but surely it would be a collective effort to pull, yeah. push more of the log into the fire. Yeah. And, and it would be a, a community, uh, togetherness project of uh, words are hard, but like bringing in friendship and, you know, trial through pain. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I get that. I like I it. Imagine a bunch of drunk heathens pushing shit into a fire, and I'm like, oh my gosh. See, <laughs> that's why it's more memorable. So, I know story time, because it's fucking hysterical, and I hope people enjoy this that listen to our podcast. During midsummer this last year, I had like a pile of fallen branches from a windstorm that were totally green. Like, there were still green leaves on it and shit like that. And I had one of our community members, I was doing food stuff, and I was barbecuing, making hamburgers and whatnot. I was like, hey, uh, you want to go throw some of that, or do you want to go throw some of that on the fire so we can get rid of it? And he was like, yeah, sure. He takes, it's like, it's a decent little bonfire that we have going. He takes the entire fucking pile of green wood and leaves and just goes, whop. I had black smoke coming out of my fire pit for like 30 minutes and I was like great so the fire department's getting fucking called and we're all fucking shit face drunk in my backyard having a party and there's just black smoke and they're gonna shit they didn't but yeah that was just that's the last time I asked anybody to do shit like that ever again because <laughs> it was it's my fault because I didn't clarify and he just went yeah sure I'll go throw it on the fire that's fine pick up the whole fucking pile of it and Hey, he did what you asked. No, I, I'm not mad at him for it. I was just like, God damn it. So on the topic, another, so we were talking about Yule. Um, mm -hmm. Let's go back on that. It's another holiday during the Wild Hunt time frame. Yule is typically and more collectively celebrated around Christmas time modern day um there's a whole thing behind yule and christmas which more than likely we're going to cover when it comes closer to date uh so we're not going to divulge too much into that because we got to save more talking points for the future <laughs> um but yeah it's another holiday it's very ancestral based there's multiple different days as seek feeder says uh, it's possible 12, 3, or you can even do it a one day. I go by the policy is do what you can do. It's not about doing it the right way. It's the why you're doing it. That's the, the, the reason behind, I think is more to be sought out is why are you doing this versus are you doing it the right way? I think that would that's the thing I try to teach and uh, portray in everything I go on my Gothi path. Um, you guys want to say anything about uh, Yule? Yeah, uh, so not, I mean, Yule to me, and I'm, honestly, it's, I'm like looking at my calendar on my own phone that I have. Um, all the holidays, things like that. Um, December 21st is Mother's Night. Next day is High Feast of Yule. And for me, the 23rd through basically the 31st is Yule, like the whole time. Um, I, you know, 
kind of like midsummer, there's like a high and a low to it, whatever else. Um, but it's oftentimes, even though it's, you know, what we, we said already, it's where we talk about the modernization, Christianization of it. Um, even then, it was still rumored that our ancestors that would bring, not bring, but have gifts for each other. And I think like they would open them basically halfway through the winter and to endure the rest. And I think the point of that, to a certain degree, was to make sure to stay friendly during those times because more more often than not they would all be together and not leave their house right so basically like covid lockdown you don't leave your house with these people for x amount of time eventually you're gonna want to kill them so i think it was introduced as a way of being like hey remember when we liked each other i know it's not right now but here's a present don't kill me in my sleep that to me is like kind of the whole concept of being like let's get you those gifts in the dead of winter even though we can't leave our house it's like homemade gifts were huge um all our ancestors like i mean i think they couldn't go out of the street can you turn off your video because you're okay i'm not the only one seeing that is that better can you turn it back on Oh my gosh. Was it freaking out? Yeah. Dude, you were sitting here like this. I'm so excited about you. No. <laughs> I have to I'll wow, have to remember to uh when I'm editing, uh getting ready to post it, I'll take a video and I'll send it to you. Like here you go, like sweet, awesome. <laughs> we'll do a remix. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, I think it's cool. I think it goes you know, for a long period of time. There's a beginning and end, a high and a low. But that to me is like the idea of gift giving is the reminder of the camaraderie and like, the, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, essentially. I agree with that. Um, so, something that I do with my family or something we're trying to do more actively is we still have Christian family, and that's a that's a thing for most people in today's world. You have Christian based families and stuff like that, where they still want to celebrate Christmas. For example, my parents, um, my parents are extremely understanding of my path and my family life and stuff like that. And what our beliefs are, but they also want their grandkids to have the Christmas experience. So what we ended up doing was we have Yule on the solstice. We do our big celebration of everything on the solstice, and then a few days later, or whatever it is, we end up going through the family-style celebration with our kids. And obviously, in today's world of them going to school or having friends and stuff like that, they're going to hear the word Christmas. So the way that we've played it off is kind of like divorced parents, and we say, well, yeah, we have Yule and Christmas. It's super cool. But we, this is going to sound terrible saying it out loud, we don't give them gifts on Christmas. Nothing comes from that area. Um, Christmas. That's just for Yule. And then their grandparents, and we tell them, oftentimes we'll be like, yeah, it's a late Yule present. They call it Christmas. It's what? And we don't try and negate that or anything. But, um, but yeah, that's another thing that goes on there that we do and we normally do the 12 days of it and we try to make sure that it's either homemade or gifts that are closer to the heart not so much like i'm not going to give my kid computer games or video games or whatever like that's not really what you will means to us it's more of a like why we'll said a community building or a 
let's not go stir crazy and kill each other aspect. So yeah, no, I agree with that, but that's just one way that we, we're not battling it, but that's one way that we work around the Christian holiday of Christmas. Okay. Yeah, no, I have a, a similar issue. My wife, um, she is still into the Christian side of things. So is her family. Um, so we're currently navigating that issue. Um, I love that you said is still doing that. Like it's like a phase. She's going like, yeah, she's still into that. She'll grow out of it, but for now, we're doing it. Like, <laughs> I've I've gone her into reading some books, so it's a, oh. it's a slow process. Um, but yeah, no, many people, including myself and Sigvidir, a lot of heathens. Uh, still have to go through the process of dealing with family and having to celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day or uh, say like, hey, you mind coming to Christmas uh, on the 26th or 24th or something like that. Um, and it could be the internal struggle of, well, I don't actually celebrate christmas because of its ties to christianity um i celebrate yule but it's also i think pick your battles and um is this the appropriate time to do a learning lesson that's how i see it it's this is the time to be friendly and not give them ammo to kill you with so don't make rash decisions. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't let this time be the learning lesson. Let midsummer, for example, let that be a learning lesson. I'd be like, Hey, I'm going to be celebrating midsummer. Well, what's midsummer. It happens during the summer solstice. Oh, so do you guys do things on the Eastern solstice or the, the spring solstice? Spring yeah. Spring equinox. Yeah. Those those major ones, the big four. Um, and then that would be the learning moment because it's not tied and you're not in the same household for X amount of time and one can find space. So that's when I would use that time as the learning lesson. So another thing that is going to be a fun topic. I know we have some time left, right? Uh, it's about 15 minutes. Okay. So I know a lot of pagans in general struggle with the idea of prayer. I specifically know I do um, with my family, the way that it is. Um, uh, so, for example, this last Thanksgiving, here in the U.S., we have the holiday Thanksgiving. Take that for what you will. Um, but we, my family, are still heavily Christian, and they say a prayer before they eat food. So my uncles, I, me and my family, we ended up just politely walking out of the room. That wasn't our kind of thing. And then after the food was served and they'd done their thing with it and everything else, I took a plate and actually buried it on church property. Um as an offering to the gods. That was fun. It was entertaining as hell. The lame white said thank you. 
Yeah, right? Uh, I'm starving. <laughs> my uncles actually witnessed me do this, and they were like, where'd you go during the prayer? And I was like, oh, we're, we're not Christian. And one of them goes, oh, yeah, that's right. And the other one goes, wait, you're not Christian? I was like, dude, I haven't been Christian in years. Where have you been? But then they saw me take this plate, and I walked outside, found a shovel, and buried it. Did my normal thing to make an offering um, from the feast. And I actually, my wife, under the guise of making plates for the children, helped me get this plate of food before anything else was taken. So I got first pick of it. I did everything that I was supposed to do, but I actually made an offering plate as I was feeding my children, too. It was hilarious. But I took it outside and I made this offer. Um, but we weren't in there for the prayer and we got questioned on it. And the way that I explained it was we, my family, I can say some pretty rash things and I normally just don't bat an eye, but I said, I don't beg. I say thank you, but not in the way that you do. Um, so that was just another thing that comes up. So tread carefully with that one too when we're talking about these not conflicts, but these. How do you even describe that? Uh, differences in opinion. Yeah, differences in belief and spirituality. Um, with family members and such, there's there's ways around it. Um, most people aren't gonna bat an eye if you walk out of the house. Right. If your family does care, cool. I get it. You can make your own way of doing things as you, um, but don't let that perturb you from making your own. I know White Wolf has some hilarious stories on this aspect of being asked to say a prayer before food. Cracks me up every freaking time. And I've actually adopted that way because I was blessed to say a prayer not too long ago. And I was like, you're not going to like this. But, um, oh, yeah. No, that's great. Uh, I respect my obviously I respect my family. I respect their beliefs. I respect their traditions too, the same way I'd expect them to believe or you know respect mine. Um, during their prayers, I don't leave, or if I do, I'm I would been pulled some whiskey last time. But I'll just sit there and observe people not doing shit. Like I don't care. Um, sometimes I'll just eat. Uh, not like you know, there's pickles. I'm gonna eat a pickle. Um, but uh, as far as when I get asked, like I, I try to participate to a certain degree until it's something that you know, I just don't want to do. Um, and one time, my mother being the ever-wonderful woman that she is. Saint. <laughs> right. He's we a saint. even met her and like, just think she should be immortalized. <laughs> um, so she goes, hey, you know, I want you to say the prayer. And now, keep in mind, my family... And so I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm like, I'll say the prayer, but you're not going to like who I pray to. And she's like, nope, never mind. Sit down. Don't ever talk again. I don't want to talk to you the rest of the time. Shut your damn mouth. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, no, screw you. I don't pray. Like, I don't pray. But at the same time, I was like, let's give thanks. And I just wanted to war. Like, I'll do it. If you're ready for that, I'll do it. <laughs> like, I wouldn't ask a Christian to do a ceremony for me. Why would a Christian ask me to do one for them? Mm. So. But, you know, for us serving the community, there is a fine line to serving your spiritual community versus your local community, regardless of their spiritual beliefs. And that's where I f follow White Wolf. It's um, 
I neither actively leave or I actively be disruptive during their prey. I respect their religious beliefs and their practices. I just sit there. I don't, um, my wife's family, they all go in a circle and they hold hands. I step out of the circle and I just, I stand there. Um, but I like Sigvadir. I'm going to stand up and like, you know, out of their offerings and everything, I'll be more inclined to do offerings during that celebrations. I think I'm going to implement that, um, in my practice and spirituality celebration. So I like that and I'm going to steal it. The other thing that I will say is that's just with my family. <laughs> Because I'm much more vocal with them than I would be, like, work, stuff like that, which arguably shouldn't say anything religious at work anyways, but that's, um, but there's times where I'm in the military, um, they would say a prayer before deployment or something like that, and the chaplains would come out and stuff like that. And I have the utmost respect for the chaplain corps across the DOD, across the nations of Department of Defenses all over the world. I have massive respect for them. But one of the things that I started doing there was when they would finish and they would say amen, or if they were Muslim, they'd do that whole thing. Um, I would say hail the gods. In essence, not negating what they said, but giving my thanks to someone else based on what they said, which is another way that I've not combated it, but brought my own spirituality into it was Instead of saying amen or whatever it is, I simply reply with Hail the gods. Because oftentimes those prayers are based in good nature. They are attempting to do something. So I'm not going to done them most of the time, except for my family. They try to reconvert me all the time. Um, that's just personal. But <laughs> no, that that's something that I do is I'll respond with our way of doing it. And I've gone in depth before because somebody's asked me to in a very work-like setting where I did my whole spiel of things and it wasn't just hail the gods, it was the whole like the whole nine yards word fucking hail that I do before an offering is made or after an offering is made and stuff like that. Um, which is a totally different thing. But they just kind of sat there and stared at me, and I think I got a crazy look from a really devout Christian dude, because he was like, what the hell? What are those words? And he got confused. It was it was entertaining to watch people around me be like, and I didn't just say it. Like, I belted that shit, because somebody was like, you won't do it. And I was like, oh, fucking, the fuck I won't? So I went off, and loud as hell, in traditional heathen fashion, I damn near yelled it. An aircraft hangar. It was great. But yeah, no, it was stuff like that that you can do not subtly and not so subtly. There's ways that you manipulate your situation. Do not dismiss your own spiritual practice, but also allow them to have theirs. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, like if you're if you're forced to be there, like if you haven't came out of the, the closet yet, um, and you're still trying to give the nerve or come up and come out to the family and everything like that in that regard um you internally instead of saying 
Amen or whatever your family does, you just hail the gods or hail whoever um, you're offering to at that time. There's multiple different ways you can go about handling this situation. Many pagans go through it day in and day out, depending on their situation, if they're still at home, their work setting, um, uh, family situation, stuff like that. People still deal with that, and you're not the only one. We've all done it, or we're continually doing it, just not at every waking moment. So, yep. if you need assistance, please reach out, and the three of us, or anyone within New Uppsala, will be more than happy, more than happy to help you during your times of need. Um, we're there for not just you, but for everyone. We'll be more than helpy. More than helpy. We will be more than helpy. We'll be helpful. <laughs> oh, man, there you go. So that would be uh, most of the holidays celebrated within the Wild Hunt. Um, Sigvider, you said you do Alpha Bloat and Disa Bloat during that time. I don't do Alpha Bloat during the winter time frame. I do Disa Bloat in January as a, a thank you as the time for the mothers is done. The hard work of hosting and cooking and making sure all the holidays are done or most of the shit's done. And it's the day to remind them we are eternally thankful and without them, none of that would have happened. So it's, it's paying, it's paying the bill after the dinner. That's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And I do that day. It's closer to springtime for me, but yeah, same thing. And I just do. I heard a lot of people. Good. Nope. Oh, I've heard a lot of people in doing deeds of blood around late January, whatever else. Um, something that I kind of forget that I actually do because I was looking through my calendars is more so when my Yule or my. Uh, Winter ends is around charming of the plow more than it is Ostara blood, and I think I kind of misspoke that earlier because that's like the big one that comes up first in. But charming of the plow is kind of preparing and winding down the winter for me. But yeah, and I do decent bloat around February fourteenth. Yeah, so, you do oh, yours. Uh, uh, what's that? Valleys, the valleys bloat. Valleys bloat. Valleys yeah. bloat. Mm -hmm. And Disa Bloat are usually really close to each other. Um, but no, I try to keep so in an effort to not follow the calendar we have on the holidays that are normally here in the US. And some of them are worldwide, but oftentimes I find it easier to explain certain things during those times. And it's also easier for people to gather. So I'll move things a week or two or manipulate some things that aren't tied like the equinoxes are. The equinoxes of solstice are tied to a specific day. So those I don't really move around. However, stuff like Volley's Bloat or Disa Bloat, I'll move those around to fit within today's calendar of holidays. Within reason. Yeah. Most of the time, I 
do that as well. It's more, I tie it to whenever the full moon is, or if it's Valley's Blow, then February 14th. Um, instead of Valentine's Day, I would say Valley's Blow. But I think, you know, Tisa Blot, because I don't, if I didn't do Tisa Blot in January, I wouldn't do anything in January, and that just kind of feels wrong. Because, like, every month there's something, except for January. And I'm like, you know what? It's right after the holidays. Time to give thanks. So that's how I've seen it. And, you know, to everyone, there's there's somewhat of a way to do the holidays. And a project that I want to do, maybe not now, but eventually, is... Having a new Uppsala sponsored pagan calendar. Ooh. And having like. That's funny. I was literally just going to say we should have our students create their own calendar wheel and we can put them all together and see the differences and similarities. And basically, and I thought that same thing for any listeners too or viewers is. Your, you know, your family, your tradition is creating your own pagan calendar while still falling in line with some of those things. So that's what I was thinking about this whole time. So it's funny you said yeah. that. Well, it's that like awesome. I want, I want to do one that's because we we each do our practices differently, and you could you know do alpha bloat in the winter or the spring. You can also do um. Uh, Seeger's Bloat before or like uh, in May going into June or uh, in August time frame Uh, Mm -hmm. so there's multiple times when you could do the same bloat all it is is you know you're doing a celebration for a certain thing Um, there's no reason you can't do it more than once except for the big four I just did my fucking funny bone. <laughs> it's it's pretty funny on this side. So yeah, I want to. Nice able to do that, being able to manipulate the times and say we can do it this time instead this time. The reason that works so well, Sigvir, is because time isn't fucking linear. I think having a time wheel of each individual month and having the associated holidays that could be done during that time and. Uh, approximate, you know, time frame as like uh, Sigurd's Blot May going into June, somewhere around there. It, we're not tied to like, all right, you need to do it uh, May 20th through June 5th. Like, I don't want to have a date on it, more along the lines of a, a rough time frame and for the main four be like, Dude on the solstice and the equinox. I, like having. So, do you guys have one that you emphasize that isn't in the top, like the main four? That maybe some people don't as much. Like, for example, I really actually love going kind of all out on Leaf Erickson Day. Um, like, I go to my local meteries, I buy a bunch of fucking mead, do all my things, and like for some reason, Leaf Erickson Day instead of you know obviously Columbus Day or Indigenous Day or whatever else, I kind of go all. Add on, it's just a fun thing that I enjoy doing. Do you guys have one that you guys have done before that is kind of maybe not obviously Leaf Erickson Day is in full circulation, everything there's a SpongeBob episode about it, um, <laughs> but one that maybe you don't see so much in your modern heathens that you guys celebrate? 
or maybe this is an entirely different different podcast. I, I, no, I think it. I think it can be tied. I just I'm trying to think of one that I go ham on that most people don't. Volley's blow for me is one that I go fucking ballistic. That's not like within your normal realm of things. Volley's bloat is a huge one for me and my family because of the appreciation and the the reality of that story yeah. in and of itself. So yeah, that's a big one. Solid. Yeah, I was trying to think like your own calendar, like what would be like one you would write in there for like, even for the students and they'd be like Huh, I didn't really think about it like that so much. Like not so much that they don't think about it, just that it's not so important to them that it might be on their list of celebrations to emphasize or really do research on. My like yeah, to your point, like Valley's book. Like Valentine's Day, like this and this. Like, yeah, yeah. there's way more too. Oh yeah. I wanna say Another mine would be winter nights. Cause I don't celebrate Samhain. I celebrate winter nights on uh Halloween, I just have sound elements into my winter nights. So I have sound elements in my whole damn house. So I get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some Adam's family shit in the other room. I think that's why I do alpha bloat on Halloween or around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Because I actually I encourage everyone to dress up a little bit. Because when you dig into what Samhain was and All Hallows' Eve, those kind of things, it is the spirits that are invited everywhere and that veils the thinnest and that whole magic aspect of it. So I'm like, no, fucking dress up. Do your thing. So that one's just more fun. But it also holds that serious connotation of, no, this is legit. Um, I think I told one of my coworkers the other day, he was like, so what do you do? What do you do for like Halloween? Because I know it's a pagan holiday. And I was like, yeah, you got a goat. I need a bowl of goat's blood to put on my porch. And he just like looked at me and he was like, wait, are you serious right now? And I was like, yep. But, and just went back to work and he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, for, I think for me, it would be winter nights due to the fact that it's my time to remind myself that the veil's the thinnest. It's the best time to get to the ancestors. It's, it's, there's, I don't know, it's it's my first bloat I've ever done to other individuals. Uh, if you guys don't remember, it's you guys assigned me to do uh, Winter Nights, and it was my first one done while I was in Korea. And I think, you know, there's that uh, connection to it. Yeah, it's a good one. It really is. It's, it's that kind of thing. I think yours has been like, you get a still day, because, you know. Shut up. It's a treat. I think... <laughs> That's just, that's just like, I know, I know. Like that would just be, you know, a remembrance day for me. It's not really a holiday. Like Leif Erikson day is more of a remembrance day for me. It's like, oh, well, Columbus wasn't actually the first person in the, um, the Americas. He's just the most famous a uh, mass murderer. Wow. Yeah, yeah you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Other and than I've Adolf. seen some people do um, labor 
day or you get a sale day. I've seen a lot of people actually go kind of all out on that one, which has been cool to see. Um, I've seen a an uptick in you get a sale days, mm-hmm. um, which is like April 22nd or whatever the hell Labor Day is. But it's kind of cool to see. Um, very, very druidic stuff goes on. I, I really enjoy that. But that's another one that's kind of like sharp up in my head. So thing. No, I think uh, coming up with a new Uppsala pagan holiday guideline to offer the community would be advantageous and it would be a great honestly it wouldn't be a side project i think it would be a main project yeah i think it would be a good one to step away from the book and be like all right you have a week i you guys need to get this done you guys are more than likely going to forget but we're going to collectively all come together and you know make a new Uppsala one so if someone comes and you know you get contracted uh be like all right um I need something done I've on the full moon in May what do you got and be like well we have this holiday do you guys want to do this um it's going to be done it during May but you know, there's there's other stuff that could be going on. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun. I agree with that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think it's funny how this podcast leads us into a lot of our extracurricular assignments for our students because the random shit we get on here, and it's like, oh no, that's a good idea. Yeah, we should make the students do it. Well, <laughs> most of the t- like we have a topic, but then, um. You know, this saves time during our business talks. Yeah. So the listeners if get, they a, get behind the scenes. You would listen. I'll say if they were really clever, they would listen and watch this and then be prepared for the next assignment before we even assign it. <laughs> True. Well, actually, no. They would be getting it uh, a week behind. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, depending on the assignment and when we actually give them the That's true. That is true. But I just think that's funny that we come up with random shit to just hand our students in the middle of these fucking podcasts. (laughs) I don't want to do the fucking legwork. I want to make them do it. Uh, We're not lazy. We're a delegation. Speak for yourself. But um, I know we were supposed to talk about the whole pagan calendar, but we did go kind of heavy on the wild hunt because it's the most recent, but you know, we went on different holidays that are coming up and how to deal with being true to yourself while not oppressing other people's beliefs. So we hope you enjoyed this podcast and we can't wait for the next one uh we didn't have a topic today and more than likely we're not going to have a topic until five minutes prior next week so hopefully we can change that chain uh that behavior and come pre-prepared but who knows we're kind of setting our own ways maybe maybe we'll have our students make ours for us For the listeners, look out for a post on any of our social medias, potentially, hopefully, we'll talk about this on Sunday and see if we can come up with a topic for next week. 
jump on our social media accounts and maybe there will be an update as to what the podcast will be on the following week. Yep. Uh, go to any of our social medias at Nupsala. That's spelled N-E-W-U-P-P-S-A-L-Y. You said PP. I did say PP. Did you say I? No. <laughs> I Holy shit. N-E-W-U-P-P-S-L-A-S-A-L-A. There you go. We'll get through this again. Snippy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's the word? Mississippi. That's. I thought I heard you say I. I probably did. I heard it too. It just skipped my brain because I was laughing about him saying pee pee. But, you know, maturity. Yeah, we we have. Sorry. So, the new Uppsala, we also have a patreon where you could actually see us in person instead of just listening to us so if you want to support us and see our horrible disgusting little faces you can subscribe to us there at patreon uh i want to say it's new Uppsala podcast and everywhere else it's just new Uppsala. um and if you're looking at it it's just the big n that's all our social medias so that's the profile picture we just have the podcast because that's you know the new Uppsala podcast. First of all, I'm adorable. I wouldn't go that far. They were totally worth watching, but yeah, apparently we're fucking smeagled to this motherfucker. You're you're trash panda, so we're about the same size to him. Smeagol compared to a hobbit, <laughs> but you know. No, I'm Gandalf, and you guys are the hobbits. Oh my god! You Which version? Be. What? <laughs> One... You're definitely not Gandalf the White. Well, oh, actually, you are. Look at you. Tasty. Calling me ugly? Coming back. It's alright. I embrace my albinoness. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a Pacific Northwest glow about him. It's called fucking white. Just my beard hides it. What, your tan? Like... No, my pastiness. <laughs> I would oh. see what's under the beard. If that's the pasty on your face, what's under the beard, man? Yeah, you don't want to look. It's so light, it's clear. It's like translucent. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you guys in the next one. Yeah.